We have got a fantastic episode of Savvy Citizen on tap for you today. We're speaking with renowned artist Juan Logan, who lives right here in Gaston County in Belmont. And we're also speaking with Allison Wiedrich, who's the new curator at the Gaston County Art and History Museum. Allison and Juan are going to be talking about Juan's sculpture, The Pillar of Enlightenment, which for a long time was in the Gaston County Main Library and has now moved to the museum. So we're here today on Savvy Citizen with Juan Logan and Allison Wiedrich. Uh, Allison is the new curator at the Gaston County Museum of Art and History, and Juan uh, did the Pillar of Enlightenment, which was for a long time in the Gaston County Main Library, and it's just recently moved to the museum. Uh, we want to thank you both for, for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Juan wanted to start with you and just talk to you a little bit about um, kind of what inspired you to do the Pillar of Enlightenment and, and what some of the ideas were behind that piece. Because it's, I mean, it, you can't miss it. <laughs> it is an imposing it. piece. <laughs> it's about 16 feet long, I think 8 feet tall and 6 feet wide. Um, and the whole idea behind it, of course, thinking in terms of kids particularly, in terms of the um, library, mm. uh, was about discovery. Uh, that there is this uh, Pillar of Enlightenment there. Okay. Uh, that remains there always for all of us, and uh, but sometimes sort of hidden away. Um, so it is sort of tucked away, if you will, uh, between those two forms. Um, so it's really about that more than anything else. No, that's interesting. I'd like to go back a little bit. How mm. did you start your career in, in art? What is your inspiration? There I was, you know, sitting on the side of the river. No, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think. The whole idea that was driving it initially uh, was my shop teacher, uh, Harold McLean. And uh, we didn't have art at school at the time. And so my first uh, piece of sculpture was this um, uh, eagle of sorts. Um, had a five-foot wingspan carved out of white pine. And the most important thing about it is that he said it didn't have to look like anyone else's. It could just be yours. And that sort of changed everything for me. It really did. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you, you know, I guess submit for uh, a piece that somebody wants to, to get done, mm -hmm. or um, you're working on a piece, what do you what do you like to know about the community and from the people that kind of want to commission a piece with you when you're going through well, that process? Normally, what we do, I mean, um, and we've done this numerous times at this point, uh, but we have these uh, community engagement meetings. Uh, where we discuss what they're interested in, um, what they would like to be included, things to be considered, um, their history, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, but just to have a very, very good idea as to what they are imagining. You know. And more times than not, it's not so much an image necessarily as much as it is a concept that might drive it. Is it hard? So I think about the things that I do mm -hmm. that I think are artistic, which they're not. Uh, <laughs> but I always tend to do kind of the... Uh, same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of uh, have kind of, they all look similar, right, right? Right. So how do you work to kind of not allow that to happen or your own bias or influence kind of do sure. it really do? Well, I think what they're after many times is your influence, is your bias, uh, the nature of your work. And how you see it, right? And how you see it. And, um, and then again, it's also about materials. Uh, when we did a piece for the... Um, the Gantt Center in Charlotte, uh, is for the most part all granite. And it seemed appropriate for that environment because it was for a small plaza and then the sculpture on the plaza and that sort of thing. Um, 
but it's also about durability and how things will impact with thousands of people coming through on an ongoing basis, if you will. Um, but all those things come into play. Yeah. So I did just a little bit of research on your art and kind of the things you've done. You do a lot of mixed media and, I and do. media stuff. Oh, yeah. Is that hard for you, like doing that? I enjoy that, you know, because I, I think um, I was doing a talk yesterday and we discussed the idea of how materials often dictate, um, or the concept would dictate the materials, let's put it that way. Um, it just depends on where you're trying to go. I created this um, in March, on March 23rd, 1916. Uh, my grandfather saved a piece of bread that my, his mother had made for the family. That was my great-grandmother. And he placed that in a small jar, and there's a letter in there with it. And the letter basically says, please save this. This is the last piece of bread my mother made the day before she died. Wow. So almost, not quite 100 years later, I was given that bottle. with The bread still in it and the letter. So I carved a breadboard for that to rest in. And when you think in terms of what reliquaries are about, things that the, the reliquaries are designed to hold things that are considered sacred. And nothing seemed more sacred to me than that because it was used to feed the family. So again, it was selection of materials. I mean, all that. Uh, that's generally how it works, though. Looking at kind of what you've done throughout your career, I mean, you've been involved in a variety of different projects, you know, public art, mm -hmm. um, a, a variety of different, um, whether it's sculptures or painting. Uh, is there any one thing that you feel like is kind of your go-to that you're most comfortable with, or do you almost feel like you've got to explore all these different mediums to well, fulfill I, that itch? I feel pretty comfortable with all of them at this point. Um, I have two shows coming up uh, in Germany, uh, one in March and one in April, and all paintings. Oh, wow. Right. Well, one's graphics in terms of printmaking, that sort of thing, and the mm -hmm. other is just all painting. Uh, the previous show there was a combination of printmaking and paintings uh, in Berlin. And so I enjoy that. I mean, the series I'm working on right now, I've probably completed about 150 paintings so far in that wow. series. Um, but yesterday I was discussing, had this long conversation about doing more sculpture. Mm -hmm. And these are small pieces of sculpture, so uh, not necessarily tabletop size, slightly larger than that, but small pieces. And it'd be great to get back into that again because I haven't worked in sculpture like that in a long, long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that something where you're getting different commissions to work on things, or, or what kind of drives the medium that you're kind of shifting towards? It's it? really um, just the idea again. That drives it. Um, you're not always sure exactly where you can take something, so you start working. It's like doing studies for painting, doing studies for uh, sculpture, whatever it is. You're just trying out ideas and trying to explore them that way, and then you select the appropriate materials to actually make that and see how it comes out. You know, sometimes you're successful as you know you can be, and then other times it doesn't work at all, and that's okay. So. When you're doing art, is it kind of inspirational for you that you know you're leaving a legacy on the in a in a community that your work is going to be seen and by different generations and many different people? Is that? I mean, I can't imagine that in my head. Like you know, I, you know <laughs> that's a really interesting question because I don't really think of it in those terms. Um, but that's a that's really a good question though. Um, I should think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things of um, wanting to create something and then having it stay around, if you will, having it cared for properly. 
and those kinds of things. And I think that's the role of the Gaston County Museum and other museums that the work ends up in, uh, to care for that work, so that to preserve it for future generations and all that. Well, that's a kind of a perfect segue, Allison. You're, you've been on the job for just a few months now as the new curator. Yes. How exciting is it for you to be able to, to add this piece to the museum's collection? It's really exciting. Um, it was one of the very first things that my boss told me that I needed to do when I got here. Like, oh, okay. You know, she, yeah, it was like <laughs> she had a folder ready and waiting for me, and when I got on the job, she handed it over and she said, this is your first project. And it's been really fun not only meeting Juan and seeing his studio and getting to know him better, um, but the sculpture itself has really shaped the direction that we're trying to go in with the museum mm. and through some uh, changes in evolution. So it's been a really great, like, centerpiece. Sure. And we've since then um, done some updates to the permanent textile exhibit, um, and it looks phenomenal. So it's been a real great catalyst for us. And it has to be interesting because when I think of museum, it's most of the time a lot of history, but you might not be able to speak to the person that created the art or whatever, the history of it. How good is it to have one and, and be able to talk to him and really understand his his background and his story with, with this piece of art? Oh, it's so wonderful. Like, you know, so rarely do you get to do that in history or with art, like, you know. A lot of times you commission artwork and they ship it in mm -hmm. or it's traveling art that goes around a country. And so Juan's right in our backyard. He lives and works in Belmont. And so it's just, it's incredible that, you know, the resources that we have through Juan. When you were, were you in Tennessee before coming to Belmont? Did I read that correctly? Or I was born in Nashville. Nashville. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Nashville and moved to the mountains of North Carolina um, shortly after that. And okay. then finally down to Belmont where my mom was from. What are some of the things that you've got, if you can say, like kind of coming up in the pipeline? You know, what, what's next for Juan Morgan? Um, well, um, there's a show right now at uh, Sedonia Gallery in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, okay. at Wilkes University. Uh, there's a show opening of the gallery in Munich, um, middle of March, and then one opening, um, I think, around the 20 maybe it's the 18th of April uh, in uh, Berlin, at wow. the gallery there. And then um, a show later with um, Schmidt Dean Gallery, who represents me in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, so those are the things that are sort of coming up. But it's, um, I think since last um, fall, uh, we've done probably six or seven exhibitions in different parts of the country and that sort of thing. Did you ever imagine when you were first starting out that the what you would end up producing as an artist would allow you to kind of do this sort of stuff and kind of go all over the world in terms of sharing your artwork? Not so much imagine is what I desired. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean. That's fair. But here's the thing about it. I always think about um, sort of my heroes, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they were not always visual artists. Uh, they were musicians. And it's like Jimi Hendrix. Okay. An amazing artist. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful musician. And I always said, I want to be that good. Mm. When I looked at Prince, it was the same thing. You know, or um, Ray Charles. Yeah. Uh, very, very talented people. Yeah. And I said, now I, I could never do that, of course. But I wanted my work to be that good mm. and that diverse, if you will. Um, to cover a wide range of things, to be willing to explore them, to take chances with the work. And not always necessarily be successful, but at least be willing to take the chance to find out. These, the, 
the piece that we're talking about that was at the library, it was in 1995. 1995. Mm-hmm. So when you got a phone call mm-hmm. that said, hey, we're looking at possibly moving your piece you did for the library, did it bring that back kind of some emotions or thoughts or, or have you gotten phone calls like that before on some of the, the work mm-hmm. you've done? Okay. I have. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's always interesting because you're not really sure what's going to initially anyway. Um, thinking in terms of going to the museum was great. That's fine. Uh, but you're not always sure what's going to happen. I, I did a piece for the city of Winston-Salem many years ago and long big mural thing on the side of this building. Um, and the call I got from them was that they were tearing down the building. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, so that was, yeah. and that was the end of the piece. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, we did a piece, uh, two large pieces for the city of Raleigh. And um, but these were all LEDs. You know, and we created this um, uh, sunrise and sunset uh, all out of LEDs. Uh, so the program would run and you would, no one would actually stand there long enough to watch the entire program. <laughs> uh, because it was... I mean, it was gorgeous to look at, but um, eventually after probably 10 years or so, um, the computer, the program, everything, it was time to take it down. So, yeah. So, Allison, a little bit about what your role is at the museum and kind of just describe what your roles and responsibilities are. Oh, geez. Um, That's a long list. (laughs) Um, So I'm a curator, and basically what that means in layman's terms is uh, when you go to a museum, I'm the person responsible for the comings and goings (laughs) of the stuff that's on display. So as an art curator, um, I do history exhibits, and um, I will do research and come up with the design layout. Um, I'll be working with the educator and collections manager to get objects and interactives and other components together. Um, and yeah, so when you walk through a museum, this, the signage, um, the layout, the look, uh, that's all falls under my purview. So. so how does it feel to have such a substantial piece of art to, to work with? Oh, it's so much fun. Um, and it's been so fun working with Juan. He's been great. Um, and like I said earlier, um, it's been a real catalyst for us. Um, has really inspired the direction we're going in um, and has allowed us to change the existing space to modernize um, what we're doing there. And so it's just been, um, yeah, it's been a catalyst. It's really been shaping and changing the museum for us. Um, And we're really hoping that um, the meaning behind Pillar of Enlightenment um, is something that's reflected in our whole space and everything that we do. So it's a really great centerpiece for us. Well, uh, obviously there's... Anytime you're you're working with artists, like there's a lot that you're trying to say through your art. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the work that you've done has been kind of in that in that public space. Um, I noticed that you're working with the restoration of the the Whirligigs in uh, Wilson, North mm-hmm. Carolina. What is what has that been like in terms of um, restoring pieces that, that were already there? That has been long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we feel rest- like there's a story there. We restored um, 31 pieces of sculpture okay. uh, by Vala Simpson. We worked on it seven and a half years to do that. Wow. You are not kidding when you say this is a long project. It's a long <laughs> project, seriously. Um, the project's complete uh, as far as that goes, and um, it was a wonderful project. I worked with a great group of guys. Uh, I was the uh, sort of project manager, if you will, for that. And um, 
for those who are listening, if you have the opportunity to get down to Wilson, North Carolina, you should go see it. Or at least look it up online. Mm-hmm. Just Simpson.org. Um, but I think the tallest piece is probably, I don't know, 60 feet, thereabouts. Wow. And, and they weigh literally tons. That's They're incredible. Gorgeous. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Used to live in, in Greenville, so like going through Wilson all the time on the way to Raleigh and back. So oh, yeah. Uh, definitely it's uh it's an easy drive if you're out that way it's it not is. it's not too far off the beaten exactly. path exactly and if you go go to the north carolina museum we restored the piece that the north carolina museum has as well okay yeah what are some of the things that you've been involved with um have there been pieces that you've been working on that are attached to kind of social justice or anything along those lines or yeah i mean absolutely and there are things that um i don't involve myself with at least not a great deal in a way, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Catlett, a uh, sculptor, printmaker, um, that a few years back, but uh, we talked about things along those lines and said that we both agreed that political work simply means you're taking a position. Mm. Social, on the other hand, simply means you're commenting on what's taking place around you. Okay. So my work has always been social in nature. I always comment on what's going on around us. And... Um, I think it's appropriate when you think about it that that is one of our responsibilities as artists. We have always documented what was happening in society. Yeah. You know, and because of that, you we know what was going on, what it looked like, what people were wearing, what they ate, where they lived. We know everything about, you know, various cultures only because of the artists. So we play a very, very important and dominant role, actually. Uh, and even when it comes down to music, music has often done the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it's it's all of that. Uh, so I think th- most of my work has centered on various things that are happening, uh, both in this country and out of the country. So when you have a project that lasts seven and a half years, but you got other projects going mm-hmm. on and commissions and things like mm-hmm. that, I'm just intrigued. How do you balance that, and how do you move your mindset from like one project to the next and get that influence? I see you're asking the wrong question. It's never about balance. <laughs> <laughs> There is no balancing. I think what it really comes down to is just working really, really hard to get things done um, and doing your absolute best to get them done. Um, so, And each requires uh, your best effort. Let's put it that way. So you try, you, you work at that. I mean, you just work at it. That's all you can do. Um, I've never believed that making art or anything like that is a solitary affair. Uh, certainly when I spend time in my studio, is I'm, I'm the only one there in that regard. But we depend so much on others, uh, on other people's involvement. I don't make my paint. I don't make my canvas. I don't make the steel that I use, the granite that I use, and on and on and on. And when we make things out of granite, we do it in Cold Springs, Minnesota, mm. you know, uh, because it's the best place to do it, and they have the facilities to do it. So I'm, I'm, uh, what I'm getting at is that most things get made with the assistance and the involvement of others. And as long as we're willing to do that, um, collaborate we can get a lot done a lot easier actually sitting here looking at you you know you're in your mid-70s but mm-hmm. you wouldn't know it, it seemed like you keep yourself in really good shape and from mm-hmm. everything you're talking about doesn't sound like you're slowing down at all either i mean now i work seven days a week unfortunately oh my goodness unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> this i mean how long have you kind of been at this full time as an artist just not that long really probably, okay. probably just for the last 40 years <laughs> not that long. I feel like I was set up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I've been at it for a while now. 
Uh, my son was giving me a hard time when I first moved back here because he said that, uh, you know, it's been about 18 years since you've been on vacation. Wow. You really, said you really should take one. I said, I'm, I'm working toward that. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting close. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So, I, But I think that um, what I try to do now is when in going to a, a different city or doing whatever, um, I try not to always do it regarding business mm. and just do it more for the enjoyment of doing it. Are there projects that you haven't taken on mm -hmm. that you're looking at now going, I want to make sure I don't miss out on this. I want to make sure that I, that I tackle this while I'm still, I've still got kind of all of my faculties about me while I've still, you know. And the energy to do it and all those exactly, kind of things. Exactly, exactly. I think that there are always going to be projects like that, you know, always. And um, no matter how successful we are in completing the things that we go for, Mm -hmm. uh, there are always others. And that's the probably the best part of doing what, what we do as artists is that there are always going to be other opportunities in terms of, um, I was asked the other day, and I, I talked to a whole bunch of young artists, you know, sort of on, on an ongoing basis, and I talked to this young man recently, and he was talking about working on this series of paintings, and he'd been working on it for about three years. I said, well, how many paintings have you completed over the last three years as part of this project, you know, that you're working on right now? He said about six or seven. I said, mm-hmm. So you, so you're really just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I said, so how do you, and I think what happens with my work, because I, um, I dedicate so much time to developing an idea or a concept, and it's always about asking better questions. Because if you can ask a better question, you can always deepen your investigation regardless of discipline. So I'm always trying to ask better questions, so to seek more meaning, more depth out of what it is I'm trying to examine. I talk about, and I think that's sort of the rub, and I don't change that until, or it doesn't change, until it sort of simply evolves into something new, naturally, uh, when it's no longer a part of what I was examining before. And that's how it works. And it made the series I'm working on now, I've been working on for about four years. And it will continue on down that path until it evolves into something else. And that's the 150 paintings that yeah, you were talking about? about 150 paintings so far. Wow. So far, <laughs> <laughs> so Allison, going to kind of put you on the spot here, but oh. what is something about Juan that he won't tell us? Oh, oh my. <laughs> I don't know if I've known him long enough to know oh that. My. Or, or, or um, something that we should know about him that he might not say himself. Hmm. Well, hmm. he's a he's a very humble man, so he probably wouldn't tell you that he's, you know, a world famous artist. <laughs> he's a famous, prominent American artist, and he's very humble, so I don't think he would brag on himself in that mm. way. But see, look, he just shook his head. <laughs> been blessed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say about that part. Yeah. Yeah. Just been blessed. Has there been a piece of art that you've worked on? I, I don't want to ask the question of like you know, what do you feel is your favorite piece or mm -hmm. your most impactful piece? Because that's like asking, you know, which of your children is your favorite, I think. Um, well. Has there been a piece that maybe has affected you in a way that you, you didn't foresee when you took on the project? I think that often happens, and not so much from the standpoint of it being my favorite piece, per se, mm. as much as I never imagined that it would be as impactful as it uh, turned out to be. I think it's more about that. Um, I mean, when you start an idea, start developing something, um, you like where it's going, you 
in town developing it and all those kinds of things. But um, even the way that some of the things you create impact others is often amazing as well. I was doing a show in Chicago and this woman was standing in front of one of my paintings and was just bawling. I mean, you know, mm. she said, that's really about me and my life. And she connected with that in a way that I never imagined that anyone would. Uh, so it's, it's that kind of thing. You know, the ability, it's, I think music does that for us as well. So does, oh, yeah. so does poetry and lots of things will do that. That is one thing I really love about art, though, in general, any mm. medium, is the the communication that happens between viewer and mm -hmm. piece of artwork sure. without the artist even being there. Sure. Um, is There's this dialogue that occurs between artist and viewer, mm -hmm. but the artist isn't even there for. So it's just this really beautiful but moment. You know, and, and that's really, that is the best moment, because many times um, your audience will say, well, can you tell me about this piece? What does this mean? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't do any more than an author could do if you picked up his book. Mm. You, what you bring to it is probably what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. Your ability to examine what's being written and how you respond to those passages will determine how it moves you or not. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happens visually. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, you've been doing this just for a little bit, short <laughs> period of time. <laughs> um, well, let me put it this way. I did my first sculpture 60 years ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so to people that are just starting off their career like you are. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. What would you say to them about being an artist or something they want to do? What words of inspiration or just kind of things that you went through that you'd like them to know? I think most young artists are not actually willing to invest the time and energy uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, they want the success, but they don't always want to work uh, to get it necessarily. They want it more immediately. And it's all about, um, I spent five years doing color studies. Just one color next to another color next to another color. Hmm. Only because I wanted it to be more of an intuitive thing that I really didn't have to think about anymore. It was just five years out of many years. Um, how long does this heart surgeon have to study before he becomes a heart surgeon? Before you're willing to let him operate on you? But he has to invest that kind of time to be as good as he can possibly be at his craft. And I think that's what I want, um, that's what I always wanted for myself. You know, it just required time and energy, and I think others, uh, so to advise young people, you know, be willing to spend the time. And uh, if I may, just for a moment, and I think the other thing is that young artists are always looking for options. And unfortunately, it's not the kind of field that options really work well for you. Because being an artist, re again, regardless of which, what kind of artist, is hard. You really have to work at it. I mean, you, think, you see these musicians on stage, and it looks so, so well done. Everything is put together. Mm -hmm. That didn't just happen. No. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know? And it's not an overnight kind of thing. So with that in mind, know in your heart and soul that it's not an overnight kind of thing and be willing to put in that kind of time. But when you provide yourself with options, you say, well, I'm going to try this, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to do this instead. It's going to get hard. It's going to get really, really hard, and you will opt out of being what you always imagined that you wanted to be. But the one thing I always, you know, many times when I'm doing talks or lectures and that sort of thing, I always end with saying, the one thing you really have to remember, I, I've been making art forever, it seems. 
for decades, and I've been collecting art as well, and all of it, and I love every bit of it. But a friend told me one time, and I'll often say this to people because it's so very, very true, as much as this is good, and it's so good, it's never, ever, ever going to take the place of a hug or a kiss. Mm-hmm. It just won't do it. Because it's art. It's a song. It's a book. That's all. Okay, now I have no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was powerful, though. Yeah, that, that was super powerful. Um, and I know, Allison, it seems like part of what you're trying to do is trying to inspire art in the community. You guys basically still have the, the shut-in exhibit on display. Yep. Uh, is that kind of part of your goal as a curator is to, to grow the number of local artists that are working in different mediums and, and contributing to kind of that, that society and culture in Gaston County? Yeah, um, one of my goals as as the art half of my job um, is to not only bring art to the community, um, I oftentimes feel like there would be more artists in the world if, it, if art was more accessible, and by accessible I mean you could go and experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I definitely want to inspire more people to make art, um, but I also want um, to show the community that art is not just one thing, art is a lot of things. Um, art is culture. <laughs> so bringing a wide variety of artists and mediums to this space is really important to me as well. Um, and another thing that I'm hoping to bring to the table is finding really skilled quality artists like Juan and others um, to be more of an attraction. So mm. it's not just, you know, I I draw in my spare time, will you hang this up for me? Right, uh, right. We're, we're looking for professional artists sure. who can um, start a conversation in our space. Is there anything else, uh, as we've been talking, that kind of came to mind that you wanted to mention or anything that we didn't ask about that you felt like would be important to, to talk about? I, I like to try to ask that at the end because sometimes I don't want to I don't want to lo- overlook anything. I'm looking at one like, what, what else do we need to say? <laughs> um, hmm. And it's not a trick question. Sometimes it's like, no, we talked about everything. We're good. We're good. Yeah, um, I guess the last thing I want to say is stay tuned. Mm. You know, there's there's more coming, um, not only at the Gaston County Museum, but with Juan, too. I mean, stay tuned. And probably throw a plug in. What's the the uh, the URL for your website, Juan? Uh, the best place to go is actually Instagram. Oh, okay. And it's just Juan.Logan. Okay. Yeah. Well, follow, follow me there. Excellent. Well, Juan Logan, Allison Wiedrich, thank you so much for joining us on Savvy Citizen today. It was a great conversation, and... Uh, Encourage people to, um, if they haven't visited the Gaston County Museum, uh, go check out uh, the Pillar of Enlightenment there. Go check out everything that is on display, and then also check out Juan's work as well. Thank you. No, this is awesome. I'm glad, you know, you guys are getting some exposure, uh, hopefully from from new people listening to this. But this is the stuff that we have in our backyard, right? And uh, we shouldn't take it for granted. No, we really shouldn't. True enough. Thank you so much for having us. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.